The information in this skill is provided for informational and educational purposes only. Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Multiple Sclerosis Flash Briefings. When your relapsing multiple sclerosis begins to change, how you treat it should change too. Think beyond relapses and choose a treatment that can help delay disability progression. Find out more at changesinrms.com. My name is Jennifer Powell. I am a columnist with Multiple Sclerosis News Today. Today, I will be discussing how early high-efficacy therapies may be better to eliminate MS activity. Using high-efficacy therapies as a first treatment for multiple sclerosis patients significantly increases the likelihood of having no evidence of disease activity after one year and two years compared to using moderately effective therapies according to a real-world study of Norwegian patients. However, with each additional attempted treatment, the odds were lower that high-efficacy therapies would outperform less potent ones. Our findings illustrate the importance of choosing the most effective drug at the time of diagnosis, the researchers wrote. The study, High Efficacy Treatment in Multiple Sclerosis, is the best predictor of future disease activity over one and two years in a Norwegian population-based registry was published in the journal Frontiers in Neurology. In recent years, several disease-modifying therapies have been developed to treat MS, which can effectively manage symptoms and slow the progression of disability. Some DMTs are more effective at slowing progression, known as high-efficacy therapies, but carry a higher risk of serious side effects, whereas others are considered moderate-efficacy DMTs with fewer side effects and a well-defined safety profile. Current treatment guidelines recommend high-efficacy therapies only for those with highly active disease, but it's uncertain if starting highly potent DMTs at an earlier disease stage could provide greater benefits. One tool used to measure the efficacy of an MS therapy is called No Evidence of Disease Activity, defined as no relapses within a defined period of time, no evidence of disability progression, and no new or enlarging brain lesions on MRI scans. Researchers based at the Oslo University Hospital in Norway have conducted a real-world study to determine how many Norwegian MS patients achieved NADA after one and two years of DMT treatment and investigated the impact on their initial DMT in reaching NIDA. Clinical and demographic data were collected from the BOT-MS database, which contains the medical records of all MS patients in two Norwegian countries, as well as the capital Oslo. The expanded disability status scale was used to measure disability. 
All selected participants had been treated for at least 12 months with high-efficacy DMTs, which included Tysabri, Jelenia, Lemtrada, Copaxone, Abagio, and Tecfidera. The study enrolled 649 participants with a mean age at disease onset of about 30 years and a total of 1,146 therapy initiations. The analysis revealed that in patients who started with a high-efficacy DMT, 68% achieved NIDA after one year and 52.4% reached NIDA after two years. In contrast, those who begin with a moderate-efficacy DMT, 36% achieved NIDA at one year and 19.4% at two years. The effect of high versus moderate efficacy therapies to reach NIDA was highly significant at both time points. Compared to moderate efficacy DMTs, the odds of reaching NIDA at one year was 3.9 times higher with high efficacy DMTs as a first medicine and 4.6 times higher at year two. These odds were not affected by sex age when therapy was first started, and time from disease onset to treatment initiation. Fewer patients achieved NIDA on high-efficacy medications as a second therapy than as a first treatment, but the difference compared with moderate efficacy therapies was still significant. In contrast, there was no difference between high and moderate efficacy DMTs for a third prescribed treatment. Patients who achieved NIDA with high-efficacy DMTs were generally younger and had a shorter time from onset to MS diagnosis and time to beginning treatment. These findings were reversed for those on moderate-efficacy therapies, also reaching NIDA on a high-efficacy DMT as a first treatment was significantly more likely for patients with a medium or high risk of disease activity. Individually, the high-efficacy DMTs Tysabri and Jelenia were significantly more likely to achieve NIDA after one and two years as a first medicine than interferons or copaxone. The number of participants re receiving Lemtrada was small and all who were given this medicine as a second treatment reached NIDA. Compared to interferons and copaxone, Tysabri as a first medicine was 7.4 times higher likely to achieve NIDA, which was more than all other therapies. The other moderate efficacy therapies as a first medicine, Albagio and Tecfidera, did not have better odds in reaching NIDA than interferons and copaxone. These results remained after adjusting for sex, age at the start of treatment, time from disease onset to treatment, and risk group. Achieving NIDA is significantly more likely in patients on high-efficacy disease-modifying therapies than on moderate-efficacy therapies and the first choice of treatment is the most important, the investigators concluded. Moderate efficacy therapies should be used with caution in most MS patients 
unless the clinician is confident the patient has a less active form of multiple sclerosis. There is a need for updating the immunomodulatory treatment guidelines, ensuring early high-efficacy therapy for the majority of patients diagnosed with MS, they added. You always do what you can to keep your relapsing multiple sclerosis in check. But if your relapsing MS is starting to change, it can affect your mind and body in new and different ways. So it's important to choose a treatment that goes beyond relapses, one that can help you stay ahead of disability progression. Take charge of your relapsing multiple sclerosis. Learn more at changesinrms.com. Hi, I'm Price Wooldridge. As a rare neuromuscular disorder patient myself, I enjoy reading the column by Ed Tobias, MS Wire. Can special diets or vitamin supplements improve my MS symptoms? Can I survive without dessert? Can I live without ice cream, chocolate, and fruit pies? Or with only a small amount of beef when I want a burger? The other day, my wife decided to start the ketogenic diet to try to lose some weight. I'm a skinny guy, so I don't need to do that. But after reading about various MS diets over the years, I've been thinking about trying to eat a more healthy diet. The National MS Society agrees that healthier meals should be good for me. It notes that, although there's no special MS diet, what and how you eat can make a difference in your energy level, bladder and bowel function, and overall health. I found a similar opinion in a 2017 interview with Dr. E.J. Gettings, assistant professor of neurology at Temple University's Lewis Katz School of Medicine. Gettings told the U.S. News & World Report that, quote, Poor food choices can lead to inflammatory changes that might worsen MS and also contribute to disabling symptoms such as fatigue, cognitive changes, and bowel and bladder function. The Walls and Swank Diets My wife's keto diet isn't designed specifically for MS, but a recent study reports that two diets that are, the Walls Elimination Diet and the Low-Fat Swank Diet, appear to improve MS fatigue levels. A considerable number of people with MS have tried these diets, and many say they find them helpful. The Walls diet concentrates on plant-based foods, as well as beef, lamb, pork, and some fish. Forget about eggs, tomatoes, and potatoes. The Swank diet focuses on reducing saturated and unsaturated fats. Red meat and pork are off-limits for the first year. While the diet encourages fruits, veggies, some poultry, and white fish, among other foods. I really enjoy my meat and potatoes, and my eggs, so neither of these diets has what I want on my dinner menu. What about sugar? I eat a lot of sugar. I crave chocolate. I scream for ice cream. But in his interview with the U.S. News & World Report, Gettings gave these treats a thumbs down, warning that a diet with lots of processed sugar can cause frequent swings between high and low blood sugar. These swings can worsen MS fatigue. Two years ago, researchers in the U.S. and Germany linked sugar-sweetened beverages to an increased MS disability level. I think you'll find a lot of agreement that sweets are sour for our health. I might be able to cut back on my sweets. I could start by eliminating the donut I usually have following my morning bowl of cereal with fruit. I could probably limit my evening bowl of ice cream to only two or three nights a week. But extracting my sweet tooth would be painful. Vitamins? I've taken vitamin D3 every day for years, based on reports warning that low levels of this vitamin might exacerbate my MS. 
A recent multiple sclerosis news today article reported that supplements containing vitamins A, B complex, C, and D reduced MS fatigue by 34%, according to a recent study. So, I've added a multivitamin to my morning routine. The supplement I'm trying contains those four vitamins, plus a lot more, including vitamins E and K, thiamine, riboflavin, niacin, and biotin. It also contains aloe, coriander, artichoke, and palmetto. Guess what? It sounds crazy, but after only two or three days, I felt like I had less fatigue and more energy. I woke up feeling fresher than I'd felt in years. Now, after taking one of these pills every morning for the past two weeks, I'm convinced that I feel better overall. For the past eight nights, I've had between six and eight hours of uninterrupted sleep. It's been ages since I've slept that well. Is this multivitamin magic or just a placebo effect? I don't care, because it's working for me. It might not work as well as changing my diet, but taking a vitamin pill is something I know I can swallow. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to Multiple Sclerosis News today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. Discover more content that might be of interest to you at www.multiplesclerosisnewstoday.com. And be sure to follow us on social media and join our Multiple Sclerosis News Today forums, a trusted MS community ready to welcome you anytime.